the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Bob Bernie Live. And welcome again to Bob Bernie Live. Welcome to our listeners in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, they would fully expect me to be behind the microphone. Uh, But also welcome to our listeners in Tampa, Florida and Washington, D.C., we are uh, simulcasting on all three stations today, and uh, I welcome you. Well, let me let me tell you something that a few of my listeners in Ohio would know, but I don't think any of you in Washington or Tampa would know about me. I was raised with a bunch of hillbillies. Now, that's often used as a pejorative term, not not for me at all. I I don't see that as a pejorative at all. My family was one of the thousands and thousands and thousands of families that migrated from Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arkansas to Southern California. In the uh, 30s, 40s, during the war, and certainly after World War II, there was a constant stream of people coming from Oklahoma, the Okies, Arkansas, the Arkies, and the Missourians from the Show Me State. And uh, this is absolutely true. The highway coming in through uh, by Palm Springs and coming into to Southern California. Uh, the joke was, but there was a lot of truth in it, you could sit there and just watch the cars go by, hundreds of them every day, people moving, and you could tell how rich they were by how many mattresses they had tied to the roof of their car. <laughs> a little bit of Southern California trivia, but that, that is true. And they were hillbillies and were not ashamed of that at all. And they they took up residence in several areas there in the Los Angeles area. I mean, I'm sure they went to other places in California, too. But uh, th- there were large communities of people from those three states where I grew up in Southern California. And uh, the church, uh, my parents, now my mother was an educated woman. Uh, She taught school in a one-room schoolhouse in uh, McClurg, Missouri. Um, She had a college education um, and moved to California. uh, And during the war, she became Rosie the Riveter. She She did. She ran a rivet gun at Douglas Aircraft Factory in Long Beach, and she did that for 41 years. My dad 
was an uneducated man. He finished eighth grade. Smart man, wise man, but uneducated. All right? And uh, we went to a church in Southern California. I don't think anybody in our church was originally from California. They were all from Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. And in fact, many of the families knew each other in Missouri, Oklahoma, and and Arkansas. And our pastor was an uneducated man. One of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. He was wise, unbelievable pastor, and his, his forte, if you will, was Bible prophecy. But he never went to seminary, never went to Bible college. He finished eighth grade as well. He and my dad both finished eighth grade. My pastor's name was Ralph Irvine. He uh, he was from Missouri, went to California, and began reading his Bible, studying, and God just changed his life, transformed his life. And uh, the more he studied, the more he learned. And uh, I say he was uneducated. He was very, very educated in the Bible. He just did not have formal seminary training. Now, I went through all of that to get to this. I have a headline in front of me. Australia is eliminating physical currency, expects to become a cashless society by 2031. Now, what in the world does that have to do with mattresses on the top of cars coming from Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Missouri? What in the world does that have to do with the fact that you grew up with a bunch of hillbillies and your church was a group of hillbillies and your pastor was a hillbilly? Because my pastor, back in the 50s, yes, I'm old enough to barely remember the 50s. I remember the 60s much better, but I remember the 50s. In the 50s, my uneducated Missouri hillbilly pastor predicted we would come to a time when there would be a cashless society. He was absolutely positive. He predicted that with great confidence that one day we would come to a place where we would have a cashless society. Now, what did he base that on? Biblical prophecy. Like I said, he was incredible at biblical prophecy. And of course, in Revelation, we know about the mark of the beast, which, by the way, the mark of the beast is not 666. I think most of you know that. We hear this all the time, 666, the mark of the beast. No, 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 that's not the mark of the beast. 666 is the number of his name, and they're separate. Check it out, if you don't believe me. The mark of the beast and the number of the Antichrist are separate. So just get that straight. 666 is not the mark of the beast. But the Bible clearly says there will come a time when you cannot buy or sell without a number. And, of course, the prophecy is the palm of the hand or the forehead. And now we are moving more and more to chip 
technology. There's a large company in Florida that implants chips in people. Sweden has a large number of people who have implanted chips, and they buy and they sell. They go to the store, and they just wave their hand over, and a scanner picks up the information in the chip. So I just thought this was incredible. Because that same pastor, Pastor Ralph Irvine, the pastor that I grew up under, the eighth grade educated hillbilly who knew the Bible backwards, forwards, inside out, also used to say all the time. In fact, he used to tell me that personally. Um, Back when I was little, everybody called me Robert. Nobody called me Bob. But my pastor would say, Robert, the Bible is more up-to-date than tomorrow morning's newspaper. I had no idea how true that was. The Bible is more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. So when I saw this headline this morning, I just said, thank you, Pastor Ralph Irvine, for surrendering to God to preach and studying the Word of God. He didn't need a formal education. By the way, I was in a great church. I really was. It was never a mega church. Of course, back then we didn't have mega churches. But I I saw this headline. Australia is eliminating physical currency expects to be a cashless society by 2031. How are they going to do that? Chips? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's what my hillbilly pastor told me 60 years ago. Hmm. Maybe the Bible is more up-to-date than tomorrow morning's newspaper. Yeah, it is. This is Bob Bernie Live. got about a dozen stories that I uh, thought about using to uh, close the program today. But uh, let me let me share just a quick story, a recent story that maybe maybe will encourage some of you. We boy do we need encouragement. Uh, all of these statistics indicate that church attendance is dropping like a rock in America. Uh, COVID shut down most of the churches in America. People stayed home, uh, watched on their computer, watched on TV and so forth, you know, rolled out of bed or maybe didn't even roll out of bed, just turned on the TV or pulled their computer over and watched church and and their jammies and their, their bunny slippers and so forth. And, and now COVID is mostly gone. Almost all churches are open again. And a whole lot of people 
decided, man, staying at home, that was really cool. That was, wow, we don't have to get up. We don't have to mess with all those people at church. We can, you know, have a... Anyway, uh, many people have gone back to church, but we are not back to where we were. But even before COVID, there was a steep decline in church membership all across America, even before COVID, and it's worse now. It is not unusual, particularly in small towns, to see a church either boarded up or uh, it's been sold, and it's a art gallery, or it's a restaurant, or it's this or that. Uh, often, uh, stories come across my desk of this church, that church, closed their doors. They couldn't keep on any longer. And many of them are in small communities, and many of them are downtown churches in these small communities. My wife and I had the privilege of being at a downtown church yesterday in a little town called Mechanicsburg. Uh, some of you here in Ohio, maybe many of you know where Mechanicsburg is. I don't expect anybody in Washington, D.C. or in Tampa, Florida to know where in the world Mechanicsburg is. But it's a it's a tiny little town. The entire downtown is two blocks, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it's probably two blocks. I don't know what the population of Mechanicsburg is, but it's it's small. And I think they're... I, and again, I'm not an expert on this, but there may be three, four churches in the downtown area. Most of them have been there for more than a hundred years. Joy and I were at one of those churches. I had the privilege of preaching there yesterday morning. The pastor and his wife are dear friends. We've known them for a long time. And we usually go at least once, maybe twice a year and minister to the sweet people in Mechanicsburg. Now, why do I tell you this story? Because all over America, churches are dying, particularly small churches, rural churches, downtown churches. Uh, By the way, downtown churches are dying in major cities, metropolitan areas. Downtown churches, whether it's small town, big town, are falling on hard times. Well, this church is beginning a building program. Yeah, they've outgrown their facilities. And one of the primary reasons they need to build on is because of the youth. Uh, Small town, downtown church, their youth, yeah, yeah, they've, uh, they've kind of run out of room. For Sunday school classes and and youth and nursery, and so um, a few weeks ago they set a goal of money that would be committed for this building program that will be added on to the church. And uh, yesterday morning, they announced the results. They were asking for cash uh, commitments for the building. And then people that would give per month above and beyond the initial to help pay off what would be remaining in a, in a small loan. 
Well, at the close of the service, after I preached, they announced the results. They crushed their goal. I mean, they crushed both of the goals. They didn't just meet it. They crushed the goals. First building program that this church has been in, who knows how long. Church has been there about 150 years. It's on the Register of Historic Landmarks and so forth. It's a beautiful, beautiful building inside. And here's the reason I tell you that story. Not to boast about that church and that pastor, but maybe to give you hope. The big megachurches get all the news. They get all the attention. But most of what God is doing in America and around the world is not in megachurches. Wonderful things are happening in some very large churches, and praise God for that, and I don't diminish that. But if you look at the work of God as a whole across America, most of what God is doing is in small churches. And if you're in one of those small churches, be encouraged. I was in a church yesterday that is not dying. They're growing. They're expanding. They're building. God is still at work. He is not finished with a local church. Even small churches in small towns. Praise God for small churches and praise God for pastors who are willing to stay where God has put them in a small church. Salary's not big. Few people will ever hear their name. But they are faithfully serving God in small churches in Ohio and Florida and Maryland and Virginia and in Pennsylvania and all across America. Thank God for faithful people, faithful churches, faithful pastors who are continuing to preach the gospel and winning people to Jesus. God bless them. And remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.